You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Tuesday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade. Excited to be back for another show today. And we are joined by Locked On Spartans co-host Matt Sheehan. We're going to be breaking down the Iowa versus Michigan State game taking place tonight. Before we get into that, though, there's a couple things I wanted to make sure I covered on the show today. I forgot to talk about the women's basketball team. They beat, and I say beat, and they absolutely crushed Minnesota on the road Sunday afternoon. Caitlin Clark had 22 points, 3 rebounds, and 11 assists. Monica Chinano had 20 Chinano had 23 points, 5 rebounds, and 2 assists. And McKenna Warnick had 11 points, 10 rebounds, and 3 assists. Caitlin Clark also earned Freshman of the Week for what seems like the 100th time. And Monica Chinano earned Big Ten Player of the Week. So congratulations, ladies, for that. Also, I know I talked a lot about the Senior Bowl leading up to the week. I do plan on recapping the Senior Bowl and the Hula Bowl and what is being said about Alaric Jackson, Makai Sargent, Jack Heflin, and Chauncey Golson all on tomorrow's episode of the show. And then finally, I know I also didn't get to men's wrestling, but they absolutely dominated Illinois, as was expected. Again, I apologize for all that. We've just been so busy covering basketball and had some really amazing guests on. Um, obviously, Devin Hilson, the newest member of the Swarm 21 recruiting class for the Iowa Hawkeyes, was on Sunday. Make sure to check that out. And then last or yesterday, we had Kenya Murray, former Iowa Hawkeye basketball player, and now dad to two current Iowa Hawkeyes. He was on the show yesterday to talk a little bit about the basketball team. That all being said, though, Let's hop into our show with Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans as we do a crossover episode breaking down tonight's game between Iowa and Michigan State. All right, we got Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans, Andrew Wade of Locked On Hawkeyes. We have a big game taking place tonight between the Iowa Hawkeyes and the Michigan State Spartans. I think coming into this season, at least from a Hawkeye perspective, this is a big game on our schedule, an opportunity where we felt like we could beat the Michigan State Spartans. I think according to Matt, uh, he's honestly just kind of worried about this game, Matt. What are your thoughts going into this game, though? I think you. No, have- no, you, you, you can't be worried about a game that's inevitably going to be a twenty-five point blowout here. <laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa! Wor- worried is not an adjective I would use. I would use the word worried if it was like in December or even before the season when the season was getting started, because no one in Spartan Nation over here saw two and six in Big Ten play coming, and it's not just two and six, man. It's they're bad it's two and six with. Five of those losses being complete whoopings and the other loss being a meltdown loss against Purdue. So I would have been worried had we talked about this game back in November, December, but no, no, no. With the state of affairs now, uh, I, I just can't wait for the buzzer to, to, to hit, man. It's That's going to be bliss. <laughs> a blissful sound as the game wraps up to a 97-62 to 62 victory for the Iowa Hawkeyes. That's, yeah. I, I will I'm, say in, I'm in a great mood right now, by the way. I'm, I'm very high on my team right now, if you can't tell. <laughs> I don't typically feel bad for Spartan fans because I still no. have so many angst over the twenty six or the twenty fifteen Big Ten championship game and Michigan sure. State scoring. But uh, I actually feel mm-hmm. bad for you and Will. I mean, like you wow, guys on Twitter, just, gotten. yeah, like you guys just make me feel bad for you. I'm like, oh my gosh, you guys, <laughs> y'all need to be on Brother Watch. Like something, something's going on there. <laughs> it's not good, man. And listen, it'd be one thing if like we could see this coming into the season, but man, like this is blindsided us. We open up the season with a great win against Notre Dame. We smash Duke, and yeah, Duke isn't great this year, but still, man, like any anytime you're gonna beat Duke, you're feeling good about your team. Like, hey, okay, it looks like we're a good shooting team. Okay, cool. Rocket Watts is awesome. Joey Hauser is awesome. And then, like, 
it's been crumbling block by block the entire season, man. And now here we are, just getting clapped against Rutgers, getting beat against OS. Yeah. So what what happened? I guess so. That, that's, that's a good question. question. <laughs> um, what has gone wrong? And maybe yeah. it was sort of like the main thing. What is the biggest thing that you feel like has been the issue for this Spartan basketball squad? Yeah, you know, that, that's a great question. I don't want to spend 45 minutes of time here, but I guess the, the quickest way I could sum this up is it's the bookends. It's the one and the five. that we, we don't have a true good point guard. We tried to give our sophomore Rocket Watts a spin there for the first part of the season. He's more of a shooting guard. He's now the point guard uh, experiment has gone so bad that now he's just lost all confidence that he ever had. And now he's just even bad at being a shooting guard too, ever since sliding him back. And at center, and this is going to be, the really scary part for MSU on Tuesday is our, our center position is a complete disaster. Like Izzo might say that we'll throw the kitchen sink at Garza, but here's our kitchen sink. We start a six foot eight guy at center, uh, which I suppose will work maybe in division two basketball. Our backup center is six foot 11, roughly 105 pounds. Like he is a stick bug of a center. Uh, we also have a guy, Julius Marble. He's a sophomore. He's fine. Still a little raw. And then we have a true freshman that, Really doesn't play too much, Maddie Sissoko. So that's our kitchen sink right there. Uh, that's more like a Fisher Price toy kitchen sink. Garza, especially coming off the loss against Illinois, he only FU statement came and probably dropped like 39 points uh, on the Spartans here. So that's our issue. It's the center, it's the point guard, and anyone in between just really isn't good enough either. I mean, yeah, that's fun. That's that's interesting because I think like Xavier Tillman last year was was a beast. Oh. I mean, he's six foot eight, but he manhandled Luca Garza because he was able, he kind of did a Draymond green type of thing where he was just, he's a little smaller, but he's quicker enough to get around Luca Garza. Didn't buy on all the fakes that Luca does. Um, it did a fantastic job of handling Luca. I mean, that was arguably Luca's one of his worst games was against Xavier Tillman, but uh, now going against Joey Hauser. I mean, we saw also what Luca can do against Kofi Coburn. Uh, that, <laughs> I mean, Kofi's supposed to be an NBA player, right? He's seven foot tall, 285 pounds. Luca Garza, held his own against him despite giving up a few pounds, a few inches. So I know, man, <laughs> what? just to strike more fear into me, what, what outside of Garza should like scare MSU fans too for this game? Like, cause we, listen, we, we all know that Garza can, can beat you from the three point line. He could beat you down low. He could beat you from the free throw line. Like how, how let's, let's keep going. Let's, let's build the fear. I, I want to be as anxiety ridden as possible. So uh, yeah, who, who else uh, on the Hawkeyes will scare us here? I'll be honest. I feel like the person you should be most worried about is Jordan Bohannon. And the reason why is when he has a couple off games, eventually he's going to break out and you don't want to be the team that deals with Jordan Bohannon popping threes, 10 feet behind the perimeter and just nonchalantly running down the court, like a cocky bastard that he is because it's hilarious because he gets going and all of a sudden he's like, yeah, I got that energy right now. And everything is going in. Every single shot is hitting. And he's been on a little bit of a, a tough streak the last couple of games. Uh, went 0 of 9 against Indiana. I thought he was going to come back versus Illinois. Didn't shoot the ball at all in the first half. Had a better second half, but missed a possible game-tying three-pointer. A guy like Jordan Bohannon feeds off of that, feeds off that energy, and he comes back bigger, stronger, and more cocky somehow. I, I don't know how he does it. I wish I had that energy and that confidence. Sure. <laughs> uh, that, that would be a guy I'm concerned about because um, this is a game they don't win a lot of games against Michigan State. They haven't historically won a lot of games against Michigan State. Jordan Bohannon has not mm -hmm. been on the winning side. And yeah. you better believe he's going to come into this game with a little bit more bravado than he has in the past. He struggled. That's the guy I'd be worried about probably. That would be my number two. And then Joe Wieskamp um, has proven that, you know, it's tough when you're in the shadows of Luca Garza, 
but Joe Wieskamp is a possible NBA player. I mean, he's a three and D type of guy and uh, against Illinois, you know, Illinois, he was seven of nine from three, I believe uh, it was, and it was a very quiet seven of nine. He had no idea he was seven exactly. of nine. Um, but that, that's the other guy I'd probably worry about the most. All right, y'all need to quickly pause the conversation with Matt because I have a very important message for you. If you are doing anything with your car, you need to change out any parts, need to get anything fixed, repaired, whatever it might be, you have to go to rockauto.com to grab those parts. Personally, I went to the auto dealership to get some things replaced. They said I also needed to replace my cabin air filter and my engine air filter. They quoted me at a couple hundred dollars. I decided, you know what, I'm going to try to do it myself. I then went to the brick and mortar store to get some parts. They quoted me at $70 for those two filters. I then decided, you know what, I'm going to try rockauto.com. And I went to rockauto.com when I got home. It took me less than five minutes to navigate their remarkably unique and easy to navigate catalog to find both the parts I needed, a cabin air filter and an engine air filter for my make and model of vehicle and it cost me only $20 and it was delivered directly to my door. RockAuto.com is a family-owned business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. The, the prices are always reliably low in the same professionals and for do-it-yourselfers. Why would you spend up to twice as much for the exact same parts? So go to RockAuto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck and write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know that we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast at. Let's turn our attention back to our crossover episode with Matt of Locked On Spartans. Yeah, fair enough. (laughs) <laughs> Bohannon's a guy that signed his shoes after the Iowa State game, so thanks yeah. for the memories, right? Okay, I, I have a feeling this could be a sign his shoes game, even though like he's just going to go back out to the court and pick him up because they're in Iowa. So yeah, cool man. That's when, that's when he's awesome. going. Well, it's tough. I know, and I know like the cocky look that you're talking about too. Like I remember looking at this, like, wow, I, I've never seen a man feel himself like he is right now. <laughs> this this can get we, scary if you're on the wrong end of this man. One, he's probably the most unathletic yeah. person on the court, and. <laughs> He, dude, when you look at me like, wow, you think you can beat up every guy here. Like, you would be able to take sure, on yeah, every single right. guy on this court. I mean, I it just, it's so ridiculous. And, oh, my gosh. Anytime, like, if anyone gets a quick bucket, that's what's, that's what's the scary part is when he's hot, if Michigan State were to go on a run, Jordan Mohan is the guy who lets Michigan State hit a three and, you know, oh, my gosh, the momentum's turning. And he'll just uh-huh. jog down the court, look <laughs> at the guy, drain it. I'm like, damn. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, just to get ridiculous here, and uh, let, let, let's lie to each other. Let's say that MSU has hoped this game. Why, why should or why would MSU have hoped this game? What's one thing that Iowa does or rather doesn't do that should get the pe- people in East Lansing uh, somewhat excited for the game? Yeah, when I look at Michigan State, they're 201st. <laughs> you can't even believe what you're saying. Um, <laughs> I, I can't even believe what I'm saying right now. Hopefully, <laughs> please. Uh, Michigan State's 201st in shooting three points, uh, 32.7%. Iowa is atrocious at defending the perimeter and they're bad in transition defense. So if Michigan state can get out and run, if they can get one or two guys hot, I actually did a segment a couple of weeks ago where um, picking, just picking random guys on teams that uh, where they miraculously had better days shooting the three against Iowa. And it was like 15 guys in top 100 schools who came into Iowa, came in against Iowa, maybe shooting 30%. And they left Iowa shooting a 70% clip on the day. Brandon Johnson from Minnesota is a great, 
great you know, testament to that. Eight of nine against Iowa shooting the three. So um, against Iowa, you're going to get a lot of open looks on the perimeter. Um, Iowa does, they, their defense is solid for 70% of the time. And the other 30%, it's horrendous. And so, I mean, just the way they... They transition on, you know, and they rotate. They can leave guys wide open. So if Michigan State can find an open guy, they'll get a lot of open looks on the three-point line. Right on. Gotcha. Um, and so I, I know you guys have, what, three Big Ten losses? Is that correct so far? Yep, three pen, Yep, three losses. Is it that defense that has been the Achilles heel the whole time, or is it like different issues in each of the three losses? Is there a common theme as to how you guys get on the run end of, end of those three games? Yeah, you know what's weird about that? It actually isn't defense on any of those games. Um, I mean, Minnesota, we should have won. We should have beat Minnesota. That was arguably the worst collapse I've ever seen Iowa play. They lost. They they were up seven points with 30 seconds left. They don't foul the guy. They missed their free throws. They hit a couple threes. I mean, like, it. yes, you could attribute that to defense, but it was just there should have been a couple things that maybe strategically Iowa did that would have never allowed them to be in that position. Plus, you hit a free throw or two, you win that game. Um, Indiana, I... I have seen Iowa shoot that bad one other time in the last five years. And that was against Michigan in the big 10 conference tournament. That is just not going to happen. They're not going to shoot that bad again. Indiana was scoring because <laughs> they're getting a lot of rebounds. I, I don't know. The, the defense was not the problem there. And then obviously Illinois, um, Illinois is a great team. I, I don't think a lot of teams can't stop Illinois offensively uh, defensively. Yes. Iowa was terrible in transition. Iowa Dasumu destroyed them. But they should have also won that game. They missed a couple shots. Officiating was – I don't like to blame the refs, but that was one of the most egregious officiating performances I've ever seen. They should all be fired. All be canned. They should never never ref a Big Ten game ever again. But uh, So, so it's, it's been interesting. But I think offensively, Iowa's not going to shoot that bad again. Um, officiating, you expect to be a little bit better, although I would argue that anytime we go to East Lansing – it's a bit hit or miss of whether we get good officiating. Typically not. Tom Izzo is pretty good at getting an official, you know, officials ears, but um, those how that's how we lost those games. I would, I would put that question back on you. Um, mm. What has Michigan state done in these last three games? They've lost so horrendously. Oh man. It's, it's, it's a tough start. So like I, I popped a, a stat the other day and like, I, I can't tell if it's a pointless stat or not, but at the under 16 timeout to start the game. So like within four or five minutes, start the game. MSU is two and six this year with an average deficit of 5.5 points. Like we, we can't even hit the ground running. We're always trying to dig ourselves out of a hole. But then again, you look at the outcomes of these game, like, okay, 12 point loss, 15 point loss. Like, does that really matter? So yeah, what we've been doing, we haven't been doing anything, man. Like you can't hit shots, giving off offensive rebounds. Uh, turnovers haven't been that bad, like numbers wise, but just like the way they're giving the ball away. It's like, ugh. And here's the other thing, too. It's like we're using so many lineups, it's ridiculous. Like, there, there's no cohesion on the court. Like, it's almost like you're showing up to the rec center to play basketball. You and your boy just showed up. Okay, you got a random stray guy over there. You found two other guys over here. And now you guys are all just, like, trying to meet each other and introduce yourselves on the third possession of the game and wondering what on earth's going on. So it's it, there's really just no chemistry in the court, man. It's 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 tough. Everything's going wrong this year. It's, it's I, I hate it. I, I laugh. Because you can't do anything else. I, I know it's, you it's don't laugh, you'll cry. I can't, I can't believe we've gotten <laughs> to this point, man. Like, here's the thing like, I, I get that Cassius and Tillman have left. Like, fine, that's great. But I mean, and this will sound cocky, but MSU is a blue blood. Like, we don't rebuild, we reload. Even our down years, we're still cracking the tournament as like a seven seed, for example, or perhaps an eight seed. But like, whoa, this is blindsided everyone here. Like, it's 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 tough, man. And sure, chalk up COVID. Like, almost everyone on our team has gotten COVID. Okay, these guys are in dorms. Like, listen, 
newsflash MSU is not the only program in the whole country that has to deal with it. So like you can't use that as an excuse, man. So it's well um, because like you have answer what's going wrong. Everything's going wrong, Andrew. Yeah. It's horrible. <laughs> it, it, you answer. I mean, like you talked about all the guys return to you talk about reloading. Joey Hauser's oh. a big name prospect. That's a guy who Iowa was recruiting as well, trying to get after he entered the transfer portal. Uh, Aaron Henry, uh, you know, a, an older guy. You got Josh Langford, a guy who came back. Uh, Rocky Watts played well last year. I thought, I mean, you have oh. guys who are back who, and you know, yes, use Cassius Winston, you lose Xavier Tillman. But even Michigan State and a down year, like you said, is a seven seed. And honestly, when they're a seven seed, I would pick them usually to go to the Sweet 16 or Elite Eight. I don't know how Tom Izzo does it, but they are usually my my tournament lock to be a surprise and win a bunch of games because that's what Tom Izzo does. It seems like they're just they're, – like you said, there's no cohesion, but that's not an excuse because it's COVID. Everyone has had to deal with this. Um, so I find that very interesting. Aaron Henry is a guy who I also looked at, statistically speaking, one of your best defenders from a statistical perspective, one and a half blocks, one and a half steals. What is he doing to impact the game defensively? And you talk about how offensively there's no cohesion, but how has Michigan State's defense looked um, outside of handling post players? Because it seems like Luka Garza is about to have a, a monster day. All right, I need to take one more pause from our crossover episode to tell you about betonline.ag. There's only one place that has you covered and one place that I personally trust, and that is betonline.ag. Sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use the promo code Locked On for your 50% welcome bonus. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Get in on the action and do not forget to use that promo code Locked On. And right now, you get that 50% welcome bonus, you should put it on Iowa. As Matt said, he predicts a blowout, so do I. Iowa is currently favored by 10 points. Take the points, get your money, and go home with a few extra bucks in your pocket again betonline.ag use that promo code locked on for a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts NFL analyst Brian Peacock and former NFL scout Matt Williamson host Locked On's Peacock and Williamson every Monday through Friday. Brian and Matt give you the national perspective all around the NFL, covering all the latest news and insight on every game, team, and move around the NFL. Get your picks, previews, and much more every weekday with the Peacock and Williamson podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Subscribe wherever you get your podcast at. And let's get our attention back to our crossover episode on segment number three of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, doing that crossover with Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans. We we do have some sticky defenders on the perimeter, like just like you said, Aaron Henry. Like he's just really good at sticking on his man. Um, Langford is a guy who's solid at defense, but man, like two foot injuries ago, he was a lot better. He's lost some quickness laterally, but that's because you know he missed eighteen months of basketball with injuries here. Watts, what? And again, it's not even the offensive end for Watts too. Like the defensive end, he's also kind of slipping as well. Uh, but we also have guys that come off the bench. Like, I mean, Bingham, as much as I joke about him, like he is our six foot 11, like post player. That's roughly a hundred pounds, but like he does give at least a presence in the post, which kind of helps a little bit. Like our other guy, Thomas Kithier, it's like your, your eyes light up. If you're a player that sees him, it's like, Oh, hell, sure. Yeah, let's go for it. Um, but like Malik Hall, he, he's a three or a four guy. He's solid. I mean, we got solid perimeter defenders. I mean, it's 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 a boring answer, but like, yeah, we're just kind of sticky on the perimeter. We're, we're pretty solid, but yeah, man, we get eaten up alive on in the post. Garza, go. They're going to defend Luca Garza. Do you just collapse on him and hope that Iowa's shooters are not making shots? That's what Indiana did, and it worked because yeah. no one could hit a shot. No one could hit water if they fell out of a boat in the middle of the ocean. Right, Indiana. Is that what you do against Iowa then? 
I my, my only guess is that you do what you did in the first half against Purdue with Travion Williams. Like he actually did like really throw the kitchen sink. Like he threw all four uh, centers at him and just gave him each like anywhere between like three to seven minutes. All right, hey, go race hell, go go get him. But that's the problem is like Trayvon Williams isn't regarded as a free throw shooter, although the night in East Lansing he was all of a sudden. Um, like Gardner <laughs> can actually score from the line. But the issue was is like they never went back to doing that in the second half, and that's how Williams got like 22 or 24 points, whatever he did in the second half. So in short, yeah, you just – I mean, it's almost like hockey shifts down low, man. Like you just got to keep on, all right, go. Hey, you know you got five fouls to give, right? Okay, go get them. Like rough them up down there. So that's that's my best bet. And honestly, that's not even going to be enough. Man, it... gosh, you're like making me depressed talking to you, and I'm I should be. It's not a good situation here. We're gonna win this game, I would hope. Yeah, uh, it's funny you mentioned the free throw shooting because when you look at Iowa's team, it's very interesting how the free throw shooting percentages work out. Luca Garza is shooting 75% from the free throw line, Joe yeah. Wieskamp is shooting 69%, TJ Frederick, wow. who's hitting 50% from three, is shooting 70%. So, Luca Garza is hitting free throws at a better clip than Iowa's two of their three best three-point shooters on their team, uh, which I don't know what that says about our three-point shooters or Luca Garza. I don't know. 20, like CJ Frederick hits 50% of his threes and he's shooting 70% from line. How, how can you almost shoot as good from 10 feet back with a guy in your face? I don't get it. Yeah. No, that, that's a great question too. I mean, it's almost like, I mean, on the contrary, you talk about weird shootings. Like MSU, whenever they have at least 10 feet of space around them, is probably shooting like 7% from the three-point line, too. It's like they, they 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 can't hit an open shot to save their life either, whether it be the three-point line or it's the free-throw line when they really need it, like the front end of a crucial one-and-one, one, like or Clank and off the rim on that one. I, I'm, I'm, I'm sure Locked on Hawkeyes fans are loving this right now. Just the pure <laughs> so misery happy. in my voice. <laughs> so <laughs> happy. <laughs> This is so miserable, man. Oh, hey, I got an uncomfortable question. Yeah. Um, so, and I, I, I don't mean to be like a jerk here. Like, this is an honest to god question. I really don't know like how Iowa fans feel about this, but like, you guys do have the best player in the team, or on the team. You guys are the best player on in the country on your team. Like, if this isn't a Big Ten title year, what, what's the temperature on Fran amongst Hawkeye fans? Like, are you, are you guys still like sold on him, or is there like going to be like? Yeah, on him. Like I, I, I'm, I'm sorry if that comes off no, crass. No. Like I really don't know what the temperature is down in Iowa City. I think that's an amazing question. Um, I personally love Fran as a coach. I think okay, he is a player's coach. Any player I've talked to has always had glowing things to say about Fran. That he sticks up for the players. That he's there for the players. Um, I think if Iowa doesn't make the Sweet 16 this year, mm-hmm. there is going to be contingent of fans that want him gone if iowa struggles through this february which is a bit ridiculous because the big 10 is arguably the toughest conference not arguably it is the toughest conference in the the country and and possibly the toughest it's ever been in the last 20 years right so um Hmm. i I think people are looking at fran and saying is there going to be a february fade and then they lose to indiana they lose illinois and there's already a contingent of fans that are already pissed off at fran um i think that's a little bit ridiculous I, i think this team lost on the road to a top 20 team. Illinois is a very strong team that matches up very well against Iowa. So um, to your question, if Iowa doesn't go to at least a sweet 16, I think there will be a contingent of fans who a large contingent of fans who are starting to question whether or not Fran can get the job done. I think what I fall back on is what Fran built with this program is a team that can contend at least get to the tournament year in and year out. Yes. They need to take that next step. They have to take that next step. But the years before Fran McCaffrey was Todd Licklider, and that was 
the most disgusting three years <laughs> I've ever seen in Iowa basketball. It was atrocious. You, he started his son who I could maybe beat in a basketball game and I can't, mm, sure. I break everything. So I, I mean, you got to look at that, like what he brought this program to and also what this program looks like it can do. Yes. We're losing Luca guards this year after this year, but mm-hmm. our backups are beating Rutgers. Our backups are beating yeah. Maryland starters. We were down with our starters. He said, screw you guys. We're putting in our backups because they're going to bring some energy. And they got us a 15-point lead against starters in the Big Ten. I mean, the future is very bright with this team. And I think what Iowa has been missing is that those guys who can drive the lane and can actually collapse a defense – Right now, we're, we're a great three-point shooting team with Luka Gars in the middle. Mm-hmm. But what our backup guys can do is they bring a lot of versatility. They can't shoot as well, but they bring a lot of versatility, a lot more energy on the defense side of the ball. So I could see this team kind of changing their mentality over the next couple of years. But anyways, that's a long-winded answer saying if they no, don't sorry. make the Sweet 16, I think there is going to be a large contingent of fans who are a little bit upset with Fran McCaffrey and think he might need to go. But who else right. do you bring in? Who comes to Iowa? You know, that's, that's a good question. I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a good reality check, I guess. Like, know yeah. where you are. I mean, I don't know. Like, yeah, no, that, that's a solid answer, though. I, I really have no idea what, what the temperature is on Fran down there. Um, Did you see his blow-up post-game? No, I didn't. I missed it. So, you know, I'm, I'm so, I've been so disgusted with basketball. Like, I just took the weekend <laughs> off of watching any other college basketball other than, like, the, the of course, the Michigan State OSU game. But, yeah, man, like, I just – no, I I, I'll bet on the games, but I, I won't watch them. <laughs> yeah, I was so pissed off after the Iowa Illinois game. I was like, I'm not watching any sports. I didn't bet on a single sport disgusting. the rest of the week. I was like, I'm done. I hate basketball yeah. right now. I'm, I'm it's become like really into like Bravo TV. Yeah, just watch a lot of TLC. Yeah, you gotta watch like, Below Deck, no. man. Below Deck's the way to get your mind off of things. Dude, talk about it, man. Yeah, Below Deck. They have reruns every Monday. It's, we we have uh, Below Deck Mondays over here in this uh, in the Sheehan household. It's a great time. I love that. I, I'm trying to get my wife on the train. She just, she's not on it. Um, yeah, below deck can't let me down. MSU can, below deck can. So it really can. There's yeah. always great drama. There's always fantastic drama. It's Anyone great. out the, there, if you're not watching below deck, you got to do it. No, beautiful places, beautiful people. It's it's great, man. Locked on boats. Let's let's get started <laughs> here, man. This is great. Locked on yachting. <laughs> where you where you put a hole in the deck and just watch yourself sink, just like uh, Michigan State season. Yep. Unfortunately, yep. I, had to, I had to put that in there. We're already at the bottom, man. We're not sinking. We're we're already there. <laughs> you're already at the bottom of the lake. So, what goes right for Michigan State if they win this game? Oh, a cancellation. Uh, um, oh, if they win the game. Um, uh, you know what? I, I go back to your comment about uh, the 70% of defense is good, but 30% is atrocious, and we could let the perimeter open. Like, maybe, maybe this is a game like Rocket Watts comes back to life. Maybe Hauser gets a few threes going. Maybe, like, a mystery guy, like, I don't know, Malik Hall decides to hit a few threes. Like, I, that, that's the only thing that really sticks out to me is that maybe, just maybe, Rocket can't be this bad. 13 games in a row, Kenny. Like it, it can, that can't possibly happen. So that's that's the only thing because we hope like he he's he's too good to be this bad this long. So that's 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 a that's a really bad that's a really bad thing to hope for. Is that like your guy that's struggling for the last month and a half finally catches fire against a, a great team like Iowa? So that's what I got for it. That's what I have to offer for you. Man, that's rough. I mean, because I, I will say, I looked at like all the statistics for Michigan State. Looked, at, I've been watching the team a little bit and like paying attention to what you and Will talk about, and I. Yeah. I just don't see a way Iowa loses this game. No, I don't either. But that being said, I will give you a little bit of hope. I also felt that way against Indiana. I looked at Indiana and I thought, wow, everything Indiana does any everything Indiana does great, Iowa does better, and everything they do poorly, Iowa can capitalize on. And I was like, I hammered the spread. I was like, and but I also said to my friend, I was like, hey, I think Iowa crushes this. But this is also the time whenever I think they're going to do this, they're going to lose by twenty. And holy hell, I was right. So maybe that that gives you a little solace, right? I, I feel like. 
There's a it, chair. I barely. I don't, like, we had the same issue with Indiana though, like, the last two years. It's like, oh, how could we possibly lose to Archie Miller and these guys? Are you kidding yeah. me? And then sure enough, like, roll for our last, like, three or four, whatever it is against them. So, no, I, I, I get it, man. The Hoosiers will sneak up on you against all teams. Um, yeah, it's tough. Well, this is uh this has been a fun episode of uh, despair. Yeah, this is great. <laughs> uh, a lot of negativity. I think the one positive we can take away is maybe it's just one game closer to Michigan State season being over, and Iowa can maybe get back yeah. on the winning track. Yeah, my positive is that it's only a forty minute game. I mean, it's, <laughs> that's pretty much it. So, and you get to watch and some Garza. Yeah, you know what? The best thing for me, selfishly, this doesn't uh, count for any other fan, really, uh, is that I'm doing like a five-hour road trip on Tuesday night. So, like, I'm, I'm going to miss the entire game. So, that works out great for your boy here. Um, That's so yeah. sad. I'm not going to be able to watch your Twitter account just uh, blow up with sadness. I should just schedule a bunch of tweets. Honestly, I can like schedule them to a T. Like whatever. <laughs> wow, Luca really hammered him home that time, and just like, like well, only thirty-three points at halftime for Garza. Are you kidding me, bum? <laughs> yeah, dude, please do. That would honestly be the most hilarious. That'd be thing. funny. And I, I could do like a grading scale, like how close you were to yeah. like getting that right. Oh, that'd be this awesome. would be a good bet. Yeah, yeah. that'd be Shoot. that'd be too good. Uh, oh, what are your man. so? What are your predictions ultimately before we close out the show? Uh, 9268 Iowa, and that's that's not a joke. Wow. Like that's honest to God, my prediction here. Yeah, pain and sadness. 9268. That, that's my prediction. All right. I mean, I would agree to that, but if it's not a blowout, it's going to be a three point game. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. It's, it's either thirty points or three points. Yeah. yeah I don't. I don't yeah. see a. I don't see a thing where it's like a ten point game. Michigan State keeps it close because if Iowa can get up, they're going to keep it up, and they're going to. That means Iowa shooting the ball well. If Iowa shooting the ball well, yeah. Michigan State doesn't have a chance. Can we uh, also predict Luca's uh, slash line? I'm, I'm going to go 39 and 16 for for Garza slash line here as a bounce back game. For him. That's tough, man. Because yeah, I would, I would definitely say over 30 and over 10. Um, yeah. I, I would say I'll say 33, 14, mm-hmm. three blocks, and, and he's two, gonna two flavors. <laughs> one bloody nose, a chipped yep. tooth, and he's <laughs> undoubtedly going to hit three threes. Okay, it, it, this all seems so real to me. Yeah, I, I can get on board with that. Yeah. Well, hey, this is as fun as a preview for a slaughter can possibly be, Andrew. So, yeah, yeah, I, mean, thanks a lot. I had a Appreciate blast, it. man. It's it great having you on. Yeah. Great, uh, great doing a crossover episode with you. And uh, I right guess on. we'll see what happens tonight, man. Well, we know what's going to happen tonight. <laughs> All right, and that concludes our Tuesday morning episode. I hope you enjoyed that crossover episode. Matt was a blast to talk to. Clearly, he's very upset with how this season has gone for the Michigan State Spartans. I hope we get a W tonight, and we will be breaking down this game regardless of the out, you know, the outcome, the result. We'll be breaking it down tomorrow morning. Also, giving you some previews of or some reviews of the Hula Bowl and the Senior Bowl, along with some other great content. So check out tomorrow's episode. We'll also be back Thursday with a crossover episode with Jay Stevens of Locked On Buckeyes, and then obviously breaking all that stuff down on Friday as well. Thank you all for tuning in to today's episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast. I appreciate each and every one of you listening to the show. If you love the show, give us that five star review and subscribe wherever you downloaded this podcast at. And as always, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Have a fantastic day out there, Hawkeye Nation, and let's go Hawks.